This is a brand new show from 7 Million Bikes Podcast, the Vietnam is Awesome Podcast. I'll be talking to people from all over Vietnam working in tourism, bars, resorts, hotels, nightlife and more to share with you experiences that prove Vietnam is awesome. While a Vietnam podcast is on break right now, I'll be sharing these episodes with you so that you can discover the real Vietnam. Whether you currently live here already, want to come visit or see more of this amazing country. In this episode, my guest is the editor-in-chief of Vietnam is Awesome. He's also lived here for six years and he's traveled to many iconic and off-the-beaten-track locations in Vietnam with some stunning photos to show for it. He's also married and lives in Da Nang with his wife Fung and his little dog Lily. My guest today is Alan Brownbridge. Follow the Vietnam is Awesome Facebook page for curated updates from our team and travelers to Vietnam to make the most of your time here. And check out their website, vietnamisawesome.com, to discover more awesome experiences. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. from 7 Million Bytes. We produce and host podcasts worldwide, including this one, and host events in Saigon. These events are perfect for people looking for something to do in the evening in Saigon. Join me at the Rabbit Hole Irish Sports Bar every Tuesday night for our quiz night. You can enjoy some local craft beer, delicious bar food, and join our fun quiz night with fun people. This is not for brainiacs. It's a fun quiz with rounds about movies, celebrities, music, TV, current events, more, and Vietnam, of course. There's amazing prizes to be won, including a bar voucher, beer tower, and a free ticket to our comedy show every Thursday night. So if you are here on Thursday, then join me at Eddie's New York Deli and Diner in District 1, just minutes from Saigon Center. They serve authentically American cuisine in their original 1950s-style diner. Perfect for those American tourists missing some home comfort food or anyone who loves burgers, burritos, beer and more. We'll be there every Thursday for the Tourist Trap stand-up comedy show. Learn and laugh about life in Vietnam with Saigon's funniest comedians. The link is in the show notes to let us know you're coming. I look forward to seeing you there. I'll be the tall, skinny Scottish guy talking into the microphone. Come and say hello and let me know how your trip's going. I hope you enjoy this podcast and it proves that Vietnam is awesome. Cheers. Welcome to the Vietnam is Awesome podcast. We'll help you discover the real Vietnam with awesome experiences. I'm Neil Mikhail, your host, and I've lived in Vietnam since 2016. I'm the host of a Vietnam podcast, a comedian and brand ambassador for Vietnam is Awesome. I came to Vietnam for a two-week vacation in 2015 and was immediately taken by the beauty, friendliness, energy, and even the quirks of Vietnam. I came back in 2016 with my wife for six weeks and more than six years later, was still here. I'll be talking to people from all over Vietnam to share with you experiences that prove Vietnam is awesome. In this episode, My guest has studied various religions in India and Istanbul, 
practices and teaches Hatha Yoga and meditation and Tai Chi and facilitates Zen Tango workshops that turn Tango dance into meditation. Now, he is a filmmaker originally from El Paso, Texas, but after spending the last 22 years in Italy, he is now making a film series in Hanoi, where he has been since September 2022 and believes it is on the cusp of being the legendary Paris of the 1930s. He was recently recognized as the top poster on the Vietnam is Awesome Facebook page for sharing so many amazing insights into Hanoi. My guest today is Oscar Wright. Thank you very much for joining us today, Oscar. Well, it's a, it's a pleasure and, and an honor. Thanks you. And today we're going to be talking about why you are so enthusiastic about Hanoi, which we can see on your Facebook post. You're going to share with us some of the stereotypes of Vietnam and Vietnamese people, and you're going to tell us if they're true or not. And then I'm really excited to find out what your film series is about. Awesome. So tell me then, you've been in Italy for 22 years. Why Vietnam? Well, you know, I was, uh, I was in Italy. I was doing in a session. I was in a session of yoga and meditation, and I had this vision that I should uh, move to China. And so I started ch studying Chinese uh, language, culture, and history, which I love. Since China was closed, I decided to come to Hanoi to wait. But uh, having lived now in Hanoi for, for, for five months, I, I'm stunned at this place, at the, at, above all, the friendliness and generosity of people here. How have you settled into Hanoi? Well, you know, that, I think that's, that's, isn't, that's the story and the magic of Hanoi, isn't it? That, that people come here for, uh, for, for a variety of reasons. And then they are, they are seduced and bewitched by the, by the friendliness and generosity of people, which is really, really, I think, unique in the world. I mean, I've lived in a number of countries and I, I've traveled a little bit around uh, 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 all over the place. Never have I found people so friendly and generous as they are in Hanoi. It makes me so happy to hear that. And it's interesting that you say that because it was only yesterday I actually reminded myself, I think I just got a smile from one of the security guards or somebody said something, just somebody gave me a nice look. And I reminded myself and I was like, people here are so friendly. And I think it's a dangerous cliche that people make. I always feel this about Southeast Asia, especially, and I heard this a lot about, you know, Thailand markets itself as the, I think it's the country of a thousand smiles. And, and you, yeah, I feel it's almost like kind of a bit patronizing when you hear people be like, oh, you know, I went to anywhere in Southeast Asia, Thailand, Vietnam. Oh, the people are so friendly. They're so nice. And I feel it does have this kind of patronizing tone to it. But then when yeah. you come to Vietnam, you actually, the people genuinely, and I just forget because I've been here for so long. That's the point I'm trying to make. I forget about how nice the people are and how friendly they are because I've been here for so long. And it was just something small yesterday just reminded me the people here are really friendly and really nice. So to try and break down that cliche, why, why do you specifically think then that the, the Vietnamese people in particular, you have someone that's lived all over the world. Why do you think they are so friendly and so um, generous, as you mentioned? I think it has a lot to do. If you, I think having studied uh, Chinese history and culture, I, I think you you realize that to understand these countries and 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 it works as a model for understanding uh, Vietnam is the confusion code of values, and that that I think of all the possible concepts and models and ways of trying to understand. Um, 
perhaps that is the best. The confusion code of values is, is where you start to explain this, this phenomenon, you see. Well, I'm really interested to hear more about that. So can you explain then exactly what you mean by that? Well, uh, let's see. I, um, there is a, there is an, in Confucianism, there is an, a hierarchy of positions in the world. There is a, a great sense of, of respect and honor for each, for each hierarchy. There is a sense of duty and responsibility. And there is a sense that, that your ancestors are still alive and that they're watching out for you and taking care of you. And that is one of the things, one of the duties you have is to always try to take care of your ancestors, you see, who, who, who are deceased and, and long gone. But, but, but it's all part of a continuum, isn't it? A continuum of being aware and present of, um, of not only in this life, but the other lives, a sense of responsibility, the sense that, that everything counts, that, um, that, that, that your, your, your relatives, which are no longer here, your ancestors count. And, and there's a sense that, Yes, you know, I, I sometimes I think about it, the nuance of, of words, and I think uh, more than, perhaps more than the word responsibility is the sense of duty also. There, that's also part of Confucianism. Um, um, and I, I think that that explains it to a large degree. Yeah. It's amazing to think that as a Western viewpoint, obviously, which I have and, and we were both brought up with, we, we have such a narrow point of view I guess, because I, I, when you say that, it makes my mind grow larger when you think about the past and the future and you're, you're thinking of this continuum, as you mentioned. Whereas yeah. my kind of perspective is like now and, and me. So that it, it really does explain a lot. I think for me, the, my immediate thought is the traffic. And I've been told this before because to me, it just amazes me every time I'm out driving around Saigon where I am that people aren't yelling at each other. You know, you're here in the US especially, but the UK, all over the world. People get road rage for the smallest things and, and, and will pull a gun on somebody or, you know, get out and try and attack them. Whereas here, it's absolutely chaos and yet nobody bothers. And somebody once told me, he said, that's, that's the Buddhist thinking because it's, why get angry about it? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that you, you, you touched upon other things. The other two things to explain to explain uh, Vietnam and the people in Hanoi is, of course, Buddhism and Taoism as well. And, of course, by contrast, that old sense of, of the present that exists in Buddhism. And then, and then that, those, that, that ancient wisdom that Taoism provides. So I think it is a combination of those three and probably also the, 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 the native countryside religions and, and, and spiritual practices that exist. So what were your expectations then before you came to Vietnam? You obviously thought you were going to be here. You're, you sound like nearly every single expat that I know here, myself included. They came to Vietnam for a short time. You came before you went to China. I came for six weeks. And suddenly, before you know it, you're 10 years later and you, you've made a life here. So what were your expe expectations, though, before you got here? You know, I, I, I have to confess with, some, with a bit of embarrassment that because I, I expected being an American, you're really, I think, conditioned by the Vietnam War and those images. And so I thought of a, I thought of a kind of a relatively poor, backward country. And, and it is none of these things. Uh, yes, there are, there are people who struggle to live a lot, but there's, 
immense sophistication and very extremely bright people and and, and, and people who are very wealthy, obviously. I mean, living here in Hanoi, I'm, I'm, I've seen, I've seen uh, 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 Ferraris and I've seen uh, uh, very luxury cars of sorts and, 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 and so on. It is, um, it is, uh, it is a much more, a much more complete and, and uh, uh, multidimensional world than I had, had imagined. And I think that is the biggest misconception. And I've heard this over and over again from people who've either lived here or visited. Uh, and it's not just Americans, but everyone who's never been here before, and myself included, when you hear the word Vietnam or you hear the country Vietnam, your first thought goes to the Vietnam War uh, and, and how horrific that was. And obviously that's a, a massive part of history and we all know about it. But that is your first thought. And then mm. you come here and you realize, wow, I mean, so Saigon is very similar to what you say. We see Ferraris and Maseratis and Bentleys and buildings are going up every day. And, uh, and it's just people, there's so amazing, such amazing things happening here. And then you start to realize, you know, the war finished in 1975. So anyone who's older than, let me try and do the maths, anyone who's older than 48 is, was, wasn't even alive when the war finished. And Vietnam has such a young population. And I, and I teach in, in schools and I have friends who are young as well. If you think for them, if they're in their teens or in their 20s, the war was something so, so long ago that it's almost, to me, like the Second World War. I have no concept of that. I know some my grandparents were involved in it. But to me, that I have no relation to the Second World War. And I think that's where the Vietnamese people are at. And when you, the young population, especially, they, they have no concept of that. And then, so when you come here and you see this thriving, bustling country, it's uh, it definitely shocks a lot of people. Mm, mm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that, um, uh, uh, what can, what can we say about this? Uh, I guess I, I also, uh, commensurate with with this theme is um, you know one of the things that uh, in fact one of the things that sometimes bothers me is uh, when people speak about Vietnam in 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 in, in different um, in different uh, uh, social platforms like Quora for example I, I sometimes people talk about uh, it, it, Vietnam being poor or something even the Vietnamese themselves sometimes talk about poverty that that Vietnam is poor and that that sort of pisses me off a little bit because to me you know. The fact that you have less access to material things uh, and that you struggle to live is not poverty. Poverty, to me, is what I, I, I saw in, in Rome in the last few years. Rome, one of the richest cities in the world. The, 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 the drunken people, the drug addicts, violent, the, the things you see in, 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 the, in the neighborhoods, in, in, in the rich neighborhoods where I, where I live, what... what what my relatives tell me they see in Los Angeles, what I've seen in in Chicago, what I've seen, what uh, what I have seen in in other European cities. I mean, uh, that that is poverty to me. When people are friendly and generous in giving, the this this is a richness, a great. This is a great richness. This is a a great thing. This is not poverty. It seems to me it's they who are impoverished. Do you see my point? Yeah, no, 100%. I, I just got back from LA and, you know, the homeless population, the homeless problem there is just absolutely heartbreaking. 
obviously places like Skid Row where people just live in like tent cities. And then you have the crime and, and, and whatnot in, the, in not just America, but in the West and not much like positivity, positivity over there. So it fills me with joy when you think about, and it makes me think about how this country is amazing. And it is why a lot of people like myself find themselves living here for so long because they come here and they're like, this is a really wonderful place to live. And I always like to give, make the point as well when I have these kind of conversations. Of course, there is pockets of poverty. There are people on the street. There are people who are very poor, who are homeless, like any society. And the problem globally right now is um, the, the gap is widening between the inequality gap is widening. Right, So we see people here in their Maseratis and the Bentleys, but then there's still somebody surviving on a dollar a day. So I just want, you know, I always think like you say, these people on Quora or on Facebook, they might listen to this and they're like, no, there's poor people here. There's poverty. I mean, yes, of course there is, but it's a, it's a completely different kind of poverty. Well, you know, I wanted to, to, to reflect a little bit on the word poverty. The, the, the problem with the word poverty is the way it is used in the West. It is not just poverty. It, 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 it implies a kind, of a, a kind of lack of human dignity, a lack of value. It, it's a very complex and horrible poverty. Yes, there are people here who, 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 who struggle to live and, and and live on the street that are very, very, very few, by the way, compared to what I saw in Rome I, uh, and other European cities. There's no comparison. But, 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 but these are people who have their Confucian culture, their Buddhism, who, 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 have, who, who have a deep culture, who continue to worship their ancestors, who, who, who live in a, in a rich cultural milieu. Uh, that... That is a different kind of thing than the poverty that you see with the homeless people in, in Rome or Los Angeles. That, that is a completely different thing. I, I, I've never had, I've never had the, the few impoverished and homeless people that I've seen accost me or abuse me or even ask me for money. Most of the time, they don't even ask. You, you just, you, I wave them and they say, hello, I, I, when I come back from my my, my different things that I do, I pass some and I always say hello. They, always, they know me already and they always say hello. Never have they come up and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and intruded on my being. To, I mean, that's, it's a different thing, you see, my point. So tell me more about Hanoi. So obviously the people, we've, we've covered that, but what else is it about Hanoi that you enjoy? Well, you know, above all, above all, and it, this needs to be underlined, is the generosity and friendliness of people and that you as, as we have said that you find i mean you know i have found friendly people everywhere and sometimes i i i kid with my beloved german friends it's a german is a culture that i deeply love and respect and is misunderstood but i sometimes even kid i said you know even in places like germany if you're walking down the street and you say to so hello pe people will open up and be friendly to you so you find friendly people everywhere but the kind of friendliness and generosity that you find here is astounding. It's, it's beyond belief. And I think, I think that is that one quality above all that, 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 that gives it that special, that special uh, uh, quality of life here. I, 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 think that, I think that people, it is, it is more difficult to feel alone here, even for people who are not outgoing. I think that if you're, if you if you're the shyest loneliest person in the world and you're here and you just walk down and if you if you inadvertently look and, and stare into somebody's face they're going to say hello to you and they're going to smile at you 
And if you are a little bit more courageous and you might stop, hell, they'll invite you for tea and even lunch, right? And so I think that is, that is, a, that is, that is um, the number one quality. But, you know, I, I had an insight, as it were, uh, 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 being a student of history and one of the, the most interesting periods of, of, of history was the, 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 the legendary period of Paris of the 1930s with, with its creative culture, with its philosophers and Hemingway and, 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 and the writers. And it, it, was a, it was a vibrant, dynamic uh, uh, period of, uh, of, uh, of human history. And so walking around, being an observer of things and, 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 and people, I noticed it occurred to me, what if, what if Hanoi is on the cusp of being the legendary Paris of the 1930s? And I think there is a case to be made that that is, in fact, the case. Uh, I mean, I, I, for one thing, it's, it's a very, very dynamic coffee bar culture. Uh, where many, many young people go in. I've talked to many of them. These, these young people are, are it, it, immensely well-educated. They speak English well. They, they're dynamic and energetic. But you often find, I found many artists here. I have found, I have had philosophical convert conversations with people on, on deep philosophical conversations in coffee bars. I have, uh, I have noticed there's a very active uh, 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 a music scene uh, here with groups and, 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 and so that gives me and, and that combination of a society on the, and, and culture that is on the cusp of, 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 of great economic development with the combination of these, these artists and philosophers with, with, with the combination of this unique confusion culture, it occurred to me, what if we are on the cusp of um, developing a legendary Paris of the 1930s, there is a case to be made. I think that's a great sentiment. And I definitely think it's very, very possible. And I see so many similarities here in Saigon as well. It's more business here in Saigon as well. I think it applies almost to all of Vietnam. And I've had this discussion before with some like uh, first-generation Vietnamese in America. And I think, just to quickly go back to the war, but to, just to move on from that, because Vietnam was obviously set back by the Vietnam War, right? So that's not in doubt. Uh, and it put it back so far. Then Bill Clinton normalized relations in the 90s. And since then, you know, this economy is booming. More people are speaking English. Uh, people migrated across the world for either um, as Vietnamese boat people, for economic reasons, for education. And so now that I think what we're seeing is not just here in Vietnam, but around the world, you're starting to see this boom of the Vietnamese diaspora, where, whether it's in um, design, whether it's in movies, music, art, you're starting to see this across the whole world and, it, and, and people then coming back to Vietnam as well, which is really uh, exciting. So I, I think that's completely plausible. Uh, we're about to see, and I've had this discussion before, whether it's here in Saigon, Hanoi, or around the world, we're about to see I think I think we're already seeing it an explosion in Vietnamese influence in a really positive way around the whole world. And I want to just pick up on one thing you said as well, which just made me so happy as well. When you talked about not being able to be alone here, it's something that yeah. I love about Saigon and Vietnam is that life is on the street. You know, when we went to Taiwan, 
you're on the street. There's nobody. You don't see anybody in most countries, right? Everybody's inside because it's maybe cold is probably one of the the, the valid reasons. Whereas here, it's warm. Maybe Hanoi gets cold in the winter. Obviously, Saigon is warm all year round. And I never thought about that. But yeah, even if you're by yourself, it's quite hard to be alone because wherever you go, there are people. And just being, even if you don't talk to them, even if it's just sharing a smile walking down the street, that that um. That make that can definitely take away that loneliness. So it's something I love about Vietnam is that everything's on the street, everything's outside, the energy. And I never thought about it in that sense. And that's just a really beautiful way to put it. Well, there are people who have, uh, with much ferocity, objected to my idea that we are on the cusp of a legendary Paris of the 1930s. And 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 I I, I remind them that the 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 legendarism, uh, as it were. Of, of Paris in the 1930s was only recognized decades later because because when when Paris in the 1930s was 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 chaotic and dirty and dirty and rubbish and trafficked and and all of these things that that, that people sometimes object about and it was only later that people recognized in retrospect uh, gosh we were going through a really special creative and beautiful period and we didn't know it so that yeah. is that is the a, a thing to 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 throw into the mixture. That's so. a gr- a great point because even in in my short ish lifetime, you don't realize what you're living through until afterwards, you know. And that, and that goes Good through one. so many time periods. So yeah, one hundred percent. It won't be until the future when we look back and go, oh, the twenty twenties or the two thousand tens were an amazing time to be in Hanoi, and you start to put all these things together. No, 100%. So tell me about your film then. What's your film series going to be about? Well, my film series is about uh, is about Hanoi. And I do uh, many small films that uh, on, on many, many things that I see. And But my perspective, my perspective is to look for the little things that nobody else notices. I, I'm I'm, 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 I'm an observer of things and I look at everything in my life. I even look at the the, the the design of things if something is curved or if the if the if a if a raindrop uh, 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 rolls down the side of a building I said oh that's interesting why is it rolling down that why and what are the colors and shades that it's creating so in that in that in that vein I look for uh, the I, I look for the the little things that other people don't notice uh, about about Hanoi well I also I also do the big things as well. But the little things, for example, um, for example, here I noticed that 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 it is the custom for people to break to wear open-toed sandals, and so when they sit in bars, they 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 to drink a coffee and converse, which of course is a big thing here. They let the sandal fall off the foot, and then they begin to flex their foot in a very interesting way, almost as if they as if they are guiding. Guiding the 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 conversation, the the foot becomes the the baton of a of an orchestra maestro. Do you see? So those kinds of things I look for the little things, the unusual things, the as well as the the the, the amazing generosity of people, of course, and as well as uh, I look sometimes I, I will be doing a, a a series on some of the some of the historical things as well, like the Hanoi Hotel and other things in in in, in Ho Chi Minh, who is one of my heroes. And um, but I like to look at the at the little things that uh, that people do, and sometimes 
and often the 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 Hanoiums themselves tell me, I, you know, we had never noticed that, but that is true. So I'm excited to see. So when, where will it be published, and when is it going to be small well, small video clips, or will it be put together as a, a final movie? Well, uh, it'll put, it'll it'll eventually be put together as a as a final movie, but in the in the interim, there are small clips, often from uh, from from ninety seconds to to three minutes. But uh, on some of these, some of these, some of these clips are spontaneous. I just do them. Others are things that I notice, and I spend a lot of time researching. And then I write the script and practice and and and, and do a series a series uh, a, a production of it. So um, so I have them uh, on my on my um, I have a a Facebook group called uh, I love Han- I I love Hanoi Vietnam, which is doing very well. I put them in a number of other groups in Facebook. I I have a YouTube channel. I have it. I put them in uh, Twitter and um, and Instagram and some others. Um, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Well, yeah. anyone who wants to find that information, we'll put the links in the show notes of this episode. So make sure you go check out the show notes from wherever you're listening from, and uh, you'll be able to get those those links. Well, Oscar, this has been so interesting. It's been amazing talking to you. Um, if you're in Hanoi, the next time I'm up there, I'll definitely come meet you for a coffee and we can philosophize. Is that a word? Philosophize? I don't think so. But well, it you know, language is always a creative <laughs> developing of things, so it's okay. By the way, I might I wanted to also add that my my videos are having a quite a success. All over the world, I'm surprised at it. And by the way, I get so I get messages from people all over, like an Australian. I was recently with a great, wonderful Australian guy who said, "You know, I saw your videos, and I wanted I absolutely have to meet you and have coffee." And I've had that from Americans. I I met with a Japanese man the other day. I I I and Vietnamese themselves who 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 say, "Oh, I did," or or come to this neighborhood. I did you know that in my neighborhood we had this? And so I'm getting quite a response and and invitations for. Interesting people from all over the world, and uh, and Vietnamese themselves, Hanoians themselves, and uh, uh, it's it's very exciting. Well, it's a good sign that you're producing something of value and that people are enjoying. So, well done. That's really encouraging. It's my pleasure to to have this conversation with my friend. Well, we're going to finish up with the final questions that I ask everyone okay. at the end of every episode. Oscar, what is a good 24-hour itinerary in Hanoi? Well, as, uh, for me, uh, you know, uh, what I recommend is to walk around spontaneously, take one street and then the next things that appeal to you. And there are many streets which are very appealing, which, which have uh, all the shops and the people and the, 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 the buzz and the activity all over the place. And then, but above all, number one is look into people's faces and say hello. And you will be surprised at the friendliness and the generosity. And that is for me, the 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 what I do and what I recommend and what what I I think what is is more rewarding and enriching. And you know we can't talk about Vietnam without talking about food, and we haven't really touched on food. So just quickly tell me what would be your go-to food, lunch, uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Go. Well, I, the, the 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 thing about the food here is that uh, it, it has such an immense immense variety. And the most important thing to remember is that is that is that the street food is is inexpensive and very very safe. And and you can you can you can you can you can 
you can start with a uh, at noon with a with a bowl of soup with all with all the stuff that goes in the pork and the chicken sometimes seafood and 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 that's liable to cost you like as much as little as a dollar sixty including tea you know in many places up to two dollars and then and then and then for the evening you can go to other little eateries that uh, that uh, that had other varieties, things like sticky rice. When one place that I go has the sticky rice with the the pork or the chicken, and that too, there is a dollar sixty. And and by the way, it, one should also add for who whomever likes it, there are world class restaurants here, uh, uh, like French restaurants and, and and Italian restaurants. So if you want to go to the other end, you can also do that. Um, yeah, it's something that is just booming in Saigon and it's interesting to know is it the same in Hanoi the 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 restaurants not just cuisines like Italian and and all of these just like modern either takes on Vietnamese food or just just really the restaurant scene here in Saigon is going absolutely crazy with some absolutely unbelievable food is it similar in Hanoi as well yes yes absolutely absolutely Mm. great variety of food from all over it's like a foodie haven here now. So it's interesting because, again, talking earlier about stereotypes of Vietnam, the stereotype is the soup and the delicious food. And that, and that's without doubt, the food is incredible. But it's something I see in Saigon that it's it's now a foodie heaven here. So, But not in the traditional sense of you're going to go and get a, a bowl of pho on the street for, for a dollar. You're going to go to like a really nice restaurant and still spend an inexpensive meal compared to what you would spend in the West, but it's going to be really, really good. So yeah, that that's a really good point. And my next question is now I already know the answer to this, but maybe tell us exactly why is Hanoi a good place to live and why? Well, I, I think that the, 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 the ultimate reason for, 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 for the good life in Hanoi is a complexity of, of 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 psychological dynamics when we feel happy or joy uh, uh it, it is it is it is it is the, the the genesis of a number of psychological dynamics inside of us it is that whole combination of things we we we, we above all above all the generosity and friendliness friendliness of people that's number one but it's also it's also the great variety and the the access in hanoi um there's a great bus service I, I, you go into the buses and, and, and they go all over the place. And, and there's always not only the driver, but an assistant who sells you the ticket and gives you change. The, 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 the assistants are very friendly and very helpful. I've had uh, experiences. I've had the, the passenger, passengers themselves will help you a lot. And so, um, and so it's uh, the great variety of things to see and, and to do. There's a lot of, uh, there are, there are, Art museums that are free. There is live music. There is there is a as I said, I we are on the cusp of becoming the legendary Paris of the 1930s. <laughs> Let's see. I think in 10, 20 years we'll find out, right? Like we said. And last mm-hmm. question. Uh, I know you. I know you love Hanoi so much, but can you give any advice to anyone visiting Hanoi? Where should they go next in Vietnam? Yeah. Well, you know, I I, I that. That I cannot help with because I've never really been outside of Hanoi. Uh, I, I have heard that Da Nang is, I have heard over and over that Da Nang has a great quality of life. Um, I'm not a consumer of tourism uh, uh, per se. I, I'm not the kind of person who goes all over a lot of places and sees a lot of things. I prefer to go to one place and know things really, really well. 
uh, at one one place. I, I it, it, when I lived in Italy, it, it, I first got there. It was my dream to to live in Florence, and I and I was living in Florence, Italy. And people would say to me, "Well, why don't you take the train? It's only to go to Venice. It's only an hour and a half away, or go to Rome." And I said, "No, no. My goal is to know Florence, and if I never leave Florence, that 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 that's that's okay with me." Now, eventually, I, I ended up going to, in fact, I, I, I went all over Italy and did documentaries, even in southern Italy, which is fascinating. So, so but, but, um, but, but there are, is, I, it, it, I'm, I am particularly attracted to the small villages outside of Hanoi. There are many with great, great uh, traditions and in, in, in histories and customs, and I, I, I would go to those myself. I think that's a great piece of advice, and I think that's something that we want to encourage here on Vietnam is Awesome, is to go off the beaten track or find something that's maybe not an obvious tourist destination. And so if you can get on a bus and go out of Hanoi, and and like we've mentioned it so many times, you could get off anywhere, uh, obviously not even speak the language, and you will be met with friendly people. They'll invite you into the tea shop or the coffee shop. And you'll have an absolutely wonderful time. So I think that's actually really, really valuable. Get on a bus, get out of Hanoi, go find a local village um, and just go and have a cup of coffee somewhere and, and you'll, you'll have some wonderful experiences. Neil, I like the way you, you described it. Uh, that, that, should be, uh, that should be a slogan. You know, you get on the bus, go to a village, have a cup of coffee. <laughs> there you go, that's done. Awesome. <laughs> well, Oscar, <laughs> thank you so much. I've really, really enjoyed this and I'm sure our listeners have as well. It's been wonderful to talk to you. As I mentioned, if anyone wants to watch your videos, go and check out the show notes. We'll put all the links in there. Make sure you go to the Vietnam is Awesome Facebook group. That's where Oscar posts, posts a lot of his videos and you see there he, as I mentioned, right in the beginning, he won the contributor of the month and got a got a t-shirt from Vietnam is Awesome. So if you contribute, you can win a t-shirt as well we're really trying to build a community there people come on asking for advice anywhere from where can i exchange money to where should i go in hanoi what village should i go visit in hanoi or they just share their videos or photographs of vietnam and because we all know that vietnam is awesome so go make sure you check out those pages um, if you are enjoying this podcast then you know what to do it's such a cliche but go hit the subscribe or the follow or whatever it is you need to do from whatever app you're listening to so you can get notifications for future episodes and keep listening every every episode we're going to be interviewing someone from somewhere different in vietnam and talking about life there so um we hope you're enjoying it as much as us And then if you want to book a tour to go out and explore Vietnam, then make sure you go to the Vietnam is Awesome website, which is just vietnamisawesome.com. You'll find a whole bunch of tools and trips there that you can book. And so you can go out and explore and also including my comedy show. So I am also a comedian. If you didn't know that, I did say that in the beginning very briefly. I'm a comedian and we do a comedy show here in Saigon every Thursday called the Tourist Trap Comedy Show. Uh, and we are, we want to get tourists who are in Saigon just for the night or for a few days and come out. We did it last night. We had an amazing crowd in with people from all over the world, which is always fun. And we talk about what it's like to live in Vietnam and life in Vietnam and try and see the funny side of it. So if you are in Saigon on a Thursday night, go on the Vietnam is Awesome website and you can book your tickets for that show. So Oscar, thank you very much again. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Well, I, may I add one other thing, uh, uh, Neil? I I am a, I really am a, a people person. I love meeting with people, and I and people from all over the world are contacting me now to have coffee and lunch because they want to they want to know about Hanoi. And so and so, if anybody needs help, I that is my priority. I love to meet people, and if you need help, 
call me, write me, invite me for a cup of coffee, and I'll see what I can do. Amazing. I love it. That's what it's all about, community. Get in touch with Oscar. And Oscar, next time I'm in Hanoi, if you're still there, I would definitely give you a shout. So thanks very much. Awesome. Cheers. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. A massive thank you to the Vietnam is Awesome team for putting this podcast together and to Lewis Wright, who composed and performed the music for this podcast. hope you enjoyed this episode if you're like me you may use your laptop at places where you have to use public wi-fi this opens you up to digital snoopers it's a massive problem it can be your internet service provider or you know who looking at what you do online or a cyber criminal trying to steal your bank passwords or credit card info or even a hacker at the next table trying to steal your sensitive data these days it is vital that you keep your data safe NordVPN keeps all of these snoopers away. It makes your internet activity private, protects you from accessing dangerous websites that are fishing for your data, and lets you enjoy your favorite content securely, even while away from home. And it's easy to use, even I could use it. I've actually been using NordVPN for years now here in Vietnam, and I'm excited to be an affiliate partner with them. I've used NordVPN to watch Netflix, BBC, Disney Plus with ease. And I also know that my information and data are safe from prying eyes, whoever they may be. Join now and you'll get 68% off and three months free when you go to my link, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. Just again, for those hard of hearing, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. The link is also in the show notes. I know nobody checks them out, but go check that out and you can get the link from wherever you are listening to this podcast. As an affiliate partner, it also means that I will get a small commission when you sign up, but at no extra cost to you. So not only will you be getting a great deal through 7 Million Bikes, you get a great VPN and you'll be supporting 7 Million Bikes podcast. Stay safe online and enjoy the shows you love. Any questions, just let me know. You know how to get in touch with me. And thanks for listening to this show. Cheers.